It's a pleasure to be here with Joy Church and James North Baptist Church celebrating on this Christmas Eve, rejoicing in what God has done. And we just heard about the fact that Christ came. He'd been promised for centuries. For centuries, God had promised that a Messiah would come, Christ would arrive. And on Christmas Eve, just over 2,000 years ago, Christ was born. Born of a virgin, Mary. On the night of his birth, he appeared, or or the angel appeared to shepherds. Shepherds, common working guys, working class, most of them kind of working paycheck to paycheck. In those days, probably day to day. In those days, often paid at the end of the day with cash and and they, that money, most of it used for food. In those days, 80% of your resources was used for food. Very different than in our day. It was just a different day the way money worked. Shelter didn't cost nearly as much. Transportation was fairly cheap. You walked. But food costs money. And so these shepherds are there in the fields. They're tending their flock, guarding shepherds from wolves and other predators that may be there. And an angel appears. The Bible says they're terrified. But the angel says, don't be afraid because I bring you good news of great joy. Good news of great joy is the best news possible. Good news of great joy is news that is exceedingly important. Good news of great joy. And they give this child that's been born three titles. The angel does. A savior has been born. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. Now, why is this important? Why why does this matter? Why does who Jesus is matter? Well, if he's the Savior, that means that we need saving. If he's come to save us, that means that there's something about us that needs rescuing. When God created humanity, he created humanity to live forever. And yet, we chose to rebel against God. We chose to sin. Adam and Eve were our perfect representatives. Now, sometimes people would come to me and say, Dwayne, if I was there in the garden, I wouldn't have sinned. And if I know the person, I'm usually like, well, I know you. And I can tell you, you would have sinned. Because if they're a Christian, I would say, God's spirit is in you now. And I know how much you sin now, let alone prior to that. They were our representatives spiraling everything into sin. And so the wages, the punishment, the penalty for sin is what is known as death. And we died not just physically because we were to live forever, but spiritually, we were now alienated from God in a relationship with him. Emotionally, relationally, we died in a variety of ways. And we know that whenever there's sin in a relationship between friends, husband and wife, family members, what happens? There's always death. There's always death. It's always hard to move through that and to work through that. But God promised in Genesis 3, as he cursed all of humanity, including the serpent, that one day Messiah would come. And that the offspring of the woman would one day crush the head of the serpent, though the serpent would strike at his heel. And so he's the Savior, coming to rescue us, coming to save us. In 1907, November 7th, in the small town of Narcorazaria in Mexico, Yesu Carrillo was on duty as a railroad attendant. He was there watching the train in this small town, and as he was there watching the train, he realized that the train portion car that was full of dynamite was on fire. 
He knew that he only had minutes to act, and if he didn't act, he was convinced that the entire town would blow up, killing hundreds of people. He got into the train. He led the train miles out of town, and as he led the train miles out of town, of course, the train did blow up, and he died. But everyone in the town lived. He rescued them. He saved them. That's what Jesus has done for us. On the cross, he becomes our savior. On the cross, he dies for our sin. He takes our sin upon himself. And often when we think of sin, we go to our phones and we look at today's news feed and we think of all the heinous things that have happened on the news feed and go, well, I'm not like that. You know, I haven't extorted large amounts of money. I haven't cheated people in this way. We see the crimes that make the news. But God is a perfect and holy God. And so sin is anything that's imperfect, anything that's not holy. It's, it's greed. It's bitterness. It's, it's, it's resentment. resentment. It's, it's arrogance and thinking that everybody always has to do what you want them to do in the way you want to do it. It's pride. Sin is a whole number of things that is against God and his perfection. The Bible says all of us have sinned. We fall short of God's standard. And that's why Jesus came as Savior. But he's also a Messiah. He's the one of whom the whole Old Testament spoke. He's the one of whom God said would one day come. All the promises of all the Old Testament are found true in him. Now, how can he be the Savior? How can he be the Messiah? Well, because his third title enables it to be so. Because he's the Lord. Because he's the Lord. You see, because he's the Lord, he can be the Messiah. Because he's the Lord, he can be the Savior. You see, he's the second person of the triune God. He's God come down. He cloaks his deity with humanity, and he comes and lives among us. And because he's the Lord, the sovereign one, who spoke all things into existence, who told the mountains how high they would peak and the seas how far they would go, because he's the Lord, he can be the Savior. Because he's the Lord, he can be the Messiah. He can ensure that every promise ever made of the Messiah would be true in him. Because when God sets out to do something, nothing will stop him. That's why the passage in Isaiah that talks about this child being born says the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish it. That is God's fervor, God's passion. When God sets out to do something, nothing can stop him. There's lots of things I set out to do that I don't finish, that I don't accomplish, that I don't end up completing. Occasionally around the house, Amy reminds me there's something that I've said I will do that I have not done. I say occasionally, it could be frequently, we'll debate that later. But it happens. And sometimes I have good intentions. And I think I'm going to finish this. I'm going to get this done. This is something I'm going to accomplish. And other things get in the way, right? The kids have homework. Something happens. There's a phone call. I get you know, reading and get lost in reading for a long time. And, and all kinds of things happen. But when God sets out to do something, nothing's able to stop him. God's completely and utterly unstoppable. And so on that night, the angel declares, the Savior's been born. This is good news of great joy. The Messiah has come. This is good news of great joy. The Lord is here. And because he's the Lord, he will be the Messiah. And because he's the Lord, he will be the Savior. And nothing will stop him. Because he's the Savior, he can rescue us from our sin. He's the one who can take our sin upon himself and grant us his righteousness. He's the one who can save. Because he's the Lord, he is the Messiah. All of the promises made about the Messianic one are found true in him. Because he's the Lord, 
he will accomplish what he set out to do. And that makes this Christmas merry. That makes this Christmas great news, good news of great joy. That makes this Christmas and any Christmas worth celebrating because we celebrate that Christ has come. We celebrate that God wrapped his deity with humanity. The Lord showed up. We celebrate that he came humbly. I mean, the God who made those mountains, who told the sea how far it could go, who crafted the animals with his very thoughts, confines himself to a woman's womb, is born helpless, needing to be fed and changed. I mean, Mary and Joseph had to walk the Savior everywhere before they taught him how to walk. They had to teach him how to speak. The Word who became flesh, the living Word who became, or the spoken Word who became the living Word, they taught to speak. He gave up those prerogatives, rights of deities. He cloaked his deity with humanity because he needed to be able to be fully human while being fully God. And he did it to save us. He did it to grab a hold of our lives. He did it to be able to relate to us, to be able to be the Savior, the Messiah, because he is the Lord. And that is good news of great joy. For who? The angel says it. For anyone. For anyone. It's good news of great joy. The young, I don't remember who said it today. I couldn't see who was quoting John 3, 16. But for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Whosoever, anyone who believes in him, anytime, place, because that's who salvation is for. That's why the angel, when the chorus joins that angel with a large chorus, can say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom God's favor rests. We can have God's peace because the Savior has come. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. Merry Christmas. As we conclude tonight with a couple of songs, we're also going to light these candles. And has been read earlier, Christ is the light of the world. And it's his light that shines brightly into our lives. It's his light that pierces the darkness. It's his light that guides our way. He is the light of the world. So I'm going to take my candle and I'm going to light a couple of candles and you're going to light candles all across this room. And if you have young children and you have young children with candles, they are your responsibility right now. Just making that very clear. I'd like to just put up a little statement that has a disclaimer that says no. But just be careful. Mind your children with candles. But as we light these and we sing Silent Night and then O Come All You Faithful, we come before a God who is the light of the world, who entered into time and space, Jesus, God the Son, the Messiah, the Lord, the Savior, to be our light. Amen.